everyone. Welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We are watching the second half of episode one of season two, Asylum, mm-hmm. um, which is it just called Asylum or it was is. there like a unique is the first episode just Asylum? OK, great. No, it's uh, there is a name that's like Welcome to the Madhouse or something. It's called Welcome, uh, to, Welcome Briar to Briar Cliff. Cliff. Oh, that's it. Right. That's, right. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. So we're watching the second half of that. Um do you want to catch people up on what we just had happen? Mostly the funny checkers man vanishing into the ether. <laughs> I mean, we might as well, because truly the way that this episode specifically is formatted, um, really the first half of the episode and the second half of the episode are like two separate episodes because there's such like a hard shift in like narrative in the second half. Um, I guess where we left off specifically um, was kind of the first like real confrontation between Sister Jude and Dr. Arden, our two uh, antagonists, for lack of a better word, of this season. Um, Deuter antagonists, yeah. I think, would be the way. As fucked up as that is, I think we have Deuter antagonists. Is that anything? Well, that, <laughs> the thing is, like, they're not even the main antagonist. We haven't even introduced him yet. He doesn't oh show up until God. later. So they're like, no, like the later this like, episode, oh, yeah, we met yeah. him, but. So you're not they're secondary to. deuter antagonists. Yeah. yeah, let's. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Well, no, that's not. It's not true. You, you, you know what it is? It's like bloody face hasn't really like he's still in the frame story, so we that's haven't learned about. That's not even who I'm talking about. I, I guess we yeah, have four antagonists. We have four antagonists so far, and it's only episode yeah. one. Yeah, we have so. bloody face. We have the priest who's obviously up to some bullshit. We have Doctor Arden, and then Jude. Yeah. So is there far. another I'm missing? Do we have any other ant- not, is anyone else in the well, room antagonist? I think the only thing is that if maybe there's this hidden antagonist that we're not, you know, maybe. Well, yeah, more, that too. Yeah. I just didn't. I didn't bring that up yet because we only yeah. identify these. I in thought this you episode. were. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Oh, implied ghosts. <laughs> yeah. There's. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's aliens too. If you want to count the aliens, say, right? We forgot like, about the oh, aliens yeah. from the beginning we, of the episode. They're also an antagonist. Here's, here's the better think thing. They no, meant any harm. They were just doing scientific research. Time out. Here's the better way of doing this. Let's talk about our protagonists, okay? There are three. You know, like that's. Uh, yeah, and yeah. one of them is our good friend Lana Winters, um, who uh, is a spunky little reporter lady who said she was going to write a story about some bread, but really she wanted to uh, get a story about Bloody Face, the serial killer uh, who is being claims housed in Briarcliff. And claims he saw aliens. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. good, good for him, honestly. Um, oh, yeah, no. But where we pick up on this episode of the podcast, which is about the halfway point in the first episode of the series, um, is getting a little bit of backstory on our good friend Lana. Um, It opens on a scene of (laughs) a lady who we've never met smoking a joint in Lana's house. Um, All the windows are open. They're having a great time. Um, Hey, weird question here. Mm -hmm. Um, The actress for Lana Winters. um, Yeah, Sarah Sarah Paulson. Yeah. Is this the second time Sarah Paulson has just inexplicably had a scene that was entered by another woman smoking a joint next to her and then cutting to her? Because that happened right with the like the mayor who showed up when she was like the mayor who believed her when she was being gaslit lit by everybody in uh, cult. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She's also a lesbian and everything. That's true. True. Yeah. I mean, she's a lesbian in real life, so I guess that makes sense. That tracks. Uh. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's the second time where there's just been another lady that we don't know very well lighting a fatty and just Uh being like, hey, what's good, Sarah Paulson? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, This one is Just a weird parallel. Just just a strange parallel. (laughs) (laughs) This one specifically is um, her girlfriend. The one I think that you're talking about in Cult is the lady who was like the badass lady who's like, I'm going to be Kaya Anderson. Um, And then died She was really cool. Who was like, yeah, she was like, I believe you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. actually, I think there's like clowns harassing everyone. I just get it. Yeah, yeah. don't worry about it, though. She's I, like, I'll I also have it. a gun. I've got weed and a gun. It's fine. Don't worry about American it. American Horror Story. Weirdly, like, if if you smoke weed but aren't like a murderer hillbilly, you're like 
the one person who knows is yeah. what I'm picking up. <laughs> yeah, basically. The, the drug of knowers. <laughs> <laughs> and this lady who's a knower is oh. Wendy, who is Lana Winter's girlfriend. Um, and they are, or she's smoking pot before dinner. Um, and when Lana's like, why are you smoking pot before dinner? Uh, she's like, it's because your food tastes like shit. Um, and I made a note of, thank God that she noticed it because I was looking at that plate of food thinking that is real dire because it's two pieces of plain acorn squash and just truly the most vile pork chop I've ever laid eyes on. Um, and then Lana Winters two seconds later is like, oh yeah, my cooking ass. That's why I don't eat it. And I'm like, well, then why do we make Lana make dinner? If we know Lana sucks at making dinner, why do we still let her do it? Well, um, because she is the, uh, she is the freelance reporter type of person. Right. And, uh, that her girlfriend is the one with the actually no she was an elementary school teacher right so I guess she could mm-hmm. come home and make dinner yeah no reason never mind it all checks <laughs> I out thought you were gonna say there was like some kind of weird stereotype about freelance <laughs> reporters that no, they I was have doing... to always make dinner no I was doing like a schedule in my head like Lana's got more free time but then I'm like oh no you know freelance yeah. lesbians <laughs> love making dinner this is Everyone knows that. This is a stereotype we all love. We all crave it. Even in the 1960s, everyone was aware. Um, Yeah. But yeah. You know, you oh know? yeah. No freelance. Like if freelancers in general love making. I love making dinner. Yeah. That's true. Mm. <laughs> Me too. Me um, not so much. I am salaried. But anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> man, if only. Um. But you know what? They did hate in the 1960s. Lesbians. Lesbian. Mm. Um, yeah. They hated yeah. it. Uh. And they start kissing. They being. Uh, Wendy and Lana, because like Lana's like, I've I've got a big story. It's gonna be real good. And then Wendy, uh, Wendy, yeah, Wendy is like, uh, well, I believe in you, and I'm a supportive girlfriend. And then they start smooching. And then Wendy's like, no, we gotta close the blinds. People hate lesbians. They can't know we're lesbians. And I'm like, you have the window open. Like, mm, if yeah. anything, they heard what? you talking. <laughs> Welcome to the first of like 100 instances of the rest of this episode of one of these two characters looking directly into the camera and being like, oh no, but they hate lesbians because they will repeat this a hundred times. The only only relevant like plot point you need really is this, the woman who is the elementary school teacher is like, and it's not like inaccurate. She's like, you know, if people find out that I'm teaching kids and I'm a lesbian in this day and age, you know what I mean? Like I'll lose my job, which, okay, like, you know. Yeah. But, sure. Yeah. yeah. But the the way that they do it by being like, oh, we got to close the blinds like you guys live together. If, if yeah, nothing right. else, people have seen you guys like go into the same house like the end. They were roommates only <laughs> goes so far. You know what oh I mean? Oh, my God, Steve. They were roommates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, right. They were just really good <laughs> friends. Mm-hmm. Um and then they that's... were a sisterhood of the traveling pants. That's all it was. Just uh, just another one oh, of them pant travelings. I've yeah. never seen that movie. Is that is it about lesbians? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, I haven't okay. seen it either. That sounds right. Yeah, that makes it's sense. It's like uh, Steel Magnolias, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Pretty yeah. sure that's what those are about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? That makes sense now. Everything makes a lot more sense. Um, that scene ends somewhat abruptly with them closing the blinds, and then we segue into just the most on like the tone shifts in the opposite direction so hard because now it's sister Jude cooking and she's she's going after it she's cooking a nice ass meal she's chopping some onions she's getting all sexy she's like weirdly this- touching herself while she's putting on like um perfume i forgot what that was called for a second perfume <laughs> I, I have to say, too, this is, like, a thing that I, like, this is a little derail. I've never understood is the nun fetish thing, you know, where they make the nun, like, a nun sexy or something. Other people have me. I, I just, I, I don't get it, you know? And this is, I mean, I, this is me being plain Jane, buzz cut, slow beef, boring as hell I mean, or whatever. it's supposed you know. to be, like, you know, they're all, like, pure and sure. covered up and all that. Like, that's the whole thing, I think, I, yeah, it's right? Just yeah, habit. or, like, a, like, a thing uh, of, like... You know, like, oh, they're not supposed to have the naughty time. So if they're naughty, that's like, ooh, that's that's something special and it's secret. Yeah, yeah, it's taboo. Yeah, yeah I um, gotcha. 
Sister Jean's just a, a freak, I think, though. Um, also, Whoopi now, Goldberg, am I right? Hubba hubba ding ding, <laughs> Sister Act 1 and 3? Hell, Sex right. icon. Well, look, I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm only human, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, we're right, talking right, about Whoopi. It's like, yeah, we all know. There's a reason they call it making Whoopi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but. We all know this. Again, another stereotype that we all know and love and crave. Sister um, Act. Sister Act, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, yes. When I, now, when I say she's cooking and also getting sexy, it's this weird, like, fever dream type sequence where she's, like, cooking. And she's obviously cooking something, like, really, really nice. So, you know, she's not cooking, like, for Briarcliff. I have back at Briarcliff, but I guess that was wrong. I, think, um, I, I assume she just drank, like, four bottles of Robitussin and is, like, <laughs> di- dissociating into a universe where she's half nude or something. Like, that's the only way it works. Yeah, this again, is- this is just a lang by the way it's yeah. not like this is like sister mary eunice where it's like uh what's her name lily rob this is yeah. jessica lang doing this they no american horror story is like dead set on making jessica lang sexy from like this season on i think right oh yeah like, like as constance not or in the first one not so much but from now on whenever you see jessica lang they will make you want to have sex with jessica lang you know yeah well so. again we all know love and crave this information Mm. Um, but like, okay, so she's cooking for, uh, Timothy Howard, the Monsignor. Um, we find that out in a minute. Um, but like we see her putting on like sexy red lingerie under the nun outfit. But again, when she puts on the perfume, it's very odd. She puts it on in a real like fucked up way. Um, Mm. like just like very gently rubbing it between her cleavage um, it's just a very bizarre scene. Um, and then it cuts to her and Timothy what's eating. The, a quick aside, what's the coolest way to put on perfume? Is Drink it to like... It. Oh, I was going to say like fill a little balloon with it, throw it in the air and like shoot it with a shotgun and you're, let it just rain on you. You're thinking of the clowns from, from um, Cult, I think, right? That's yeah, how that, that's a yeah, condom. Okay. Fill a condom yeah. oh, with it. Oh, condom, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm thinking throw- of that, yeah. Ooh, maybe like fill up a condom with it, take a couple tennis rackets, hit them back and forth a little bit. Whoever gets splashed with it wins. I'd say soak some Nerf darts in the perfume and then let someone shoot you with a Nerf gun. Ooh, like paint, like stinky paintball? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's sexy, pretty cool. Sexy, yeah. stinky paintball. Sexy, yeah. stinky paintball. Oh sexy, my God. stinky paintball. My now favorite I game. Now I get the nun thing. All right, um, but like- <laughs> we've come full circle. Speaking of coming full circle, oh um, boy, t- Timothy is uh, like, "Damn, you cooked a really good pork chop." They're having like a weird, like romantic dinner at what I assume is Sister Jude's house. I yeah. thought she lived at Briarcliff, but I, I guess too, I'm yeah. wrong. The convent, right? Yeah, like I, that mean, kind of I thing. guess this hypothetically could be like a little like living establishment on the property. It's possible. Um, but it, it, regardless, it's like a little apartment where it's, she lives. It isn't. Uh, it is not uncommon back then to like to have like people living on premises. Like that's not a, yeah. a you know. So yeah, yeah it's it's. Uh, I think it's a, it was a safe assumption. But, well, I mean, yeah, even, for whatever reason. Even yeah. like uh, when I was growing up, when I was like seventeen, there was a Methodist church that legitimately had just a small family home, like mm-hmm. twenty feet off the property for the for the pastor and his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, yep. that's still pretty common. Yep, yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Regardless of where it is, it is where she lives. Um, so she's kind of having like this like intimate, weird little dinner with Timothy, mm. um, and he's drinking the wine, and she he offers her the wine, her own wine, um, and she <laughs> says no, um, which is weird for a Catholic um, because that's like a requirement for communion usually. Right, but that's that's. That's the that's the blood of Christ. That's the good wine where everyone's taking a sip and backwashed into it, and you get like this tiny sip of like, uh, this terrible the cheap wine. Like if you've ever, you know, it's so if like when you know when you get married, we got married in a church, my wife and I, and like you get to go in the back room or like if you've been an altar boy, that kind of thing. And if you ever see the wine, it's the jug wine that's at the bottom oh. of like the liquor store. You know what I mean? Like that it's the they're saving money, and it's like. Isn't this the ceremony? Like, you don't have to get, like, Dom dom or something, but, you know, it's supposed to... Huge upside Mm -hmm. of being Protestant. We just had a bunch of little individual cups of grape juice. It was, like, hygienic. You got a little refreshing grape juice. Not me. Yeah, it's great, Same with fundamentalism, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so much better. It's, like, super... Like, the thing is, like, right, I... 
it's weird to have that much of an aversion to alcohol, but also I would so much rather have a little bit of Welch's than some dog shit wine. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, yeah. 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 I got hype as hell every time because we only did communion once a month. And every time it was communion, <laughs> I, was month, like, I was like, crazy. Let's go. You had to go to church. You had to go to church all the time and you only got the delicious little grape mm-hmm. treat once a month. That's fucked. Yeah, it was the first. <laughs> well, I mean, again, saving money. It was the first, uh, the first Sunday of every month we would do it. <sighs> Yeah, Wild. and you you had to believe in Jesus or else you couldn't get the snack. Uh, that was the rule. Um. <laughs> it's so wild how like they the same reason a lot of kids get into religion is the same reason I like got into smoking at my first job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you don't get to take a break unless you're a smoker. Fuck yes, I smoke cigarettes now. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's it's funny you say that because like that's not why, but that's why I kept it up for so long because it's like uh-huh. you know what? Yeah, like man. I don't want to have to sit here. <laughs> You quit, like you try to quit, and then you're like, "Oh my god, I'm just at my desk for a while. This sucks. Like, what the hell?" But <laughs> what am I not smoking for? Jesus. I know. Uh, anyway, well, um, probably so, you're it. Anyway, whatever. Um, so Jude is like, "Hey, um, where did you find that little freak who grows plants in the basement of Briarcliff, Doctor Arden? Because he's a he's a weirdo, and he's probably murdering our patients." And Timothy's like, "Hey, hey, chill out." God and science are both equally cool. I love both of you equally. And Mm. he, I guess, wants to be the Pope of New York. And that's not me, like, doing a bit. That's his goal. That is this character's, like, end game. Whatever the hell it is, right? Yeah. And and he isn't saying it in, like, a comedic Boston accent or something (laughs) that makes it, like, really funny. You know, it's not, like, over... Like, if it was, like, a mob boss being, like, I'm gonna be the Pope of New York. (laughs) Like, that would be great. But it's not. No, he really does He's just, like, a normal guy. That's his actual power play. And it's kind of like, oh, all right. Yeah, he's like, I want to be the Pope of New York. Because he says, like, I want to be the Cardinal. And then he's like, and then I'm going to work my way up to being the first American Pope. And I'm like, I am not Catholic. I know very little about Catholicism. I don't think that's how the Pope works. Um, How the Pope works is wild. (laughs) But yeah, and we don't have to go over it because it's crazy. I know it's some absolutely batshit stuff. But I don't think it's just like... You become they the cardinal, use, and then they like, use smoke signals. <laughs> they do, yeah. To, like they that's do. how old and antiquated the system is. Is there's like a signal no. of like, all right, throw the funny packet into the fire that <laughs> says we got a new pope. <laughs> uh, let me let me interrupt because you know what this 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 is there is a really appropriate time for this conversation, which is season eight. Weirdly, yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. I'm just gonna say. Let's maybe put a pin in it for a for a couple more years. <laughs> oh <laughs> We're gonna God. have a lot to talk about then. Anyway, so sorry. true. Just had to throw uh, that in there. <laughs> but the reason I bring up his end goal is because he's like, I'm gonna be the Pope of New York, and you're gonna be my like leading lady or some shit. Yeah. And then she just starts my, taking yeah. off her clothes. So I guess she's just like, that's a yeah down horrendous. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. We find out it's yeah, a dream yeah. sequence in like 30 seconds, but like. She starts fantasizing about boning him down immediately. So yeah. when he mentions becoming Pope, she's like, that is, that, I'm down. I'm down bad. Down no, astronomical. I love no, it. I love that you're going to be the Pope. Nothing gets the nun juices flowing, right? Like, yeah. like fucking I'm a like, Pope. I'm like, do they think that this is a thing? Does American Horror Story think this is a thing that, like, nuns are really horny for the Popes? Do they think the Pope is, like, a rock star for, mm-hmm. like, nuns everywhere? That's, like, their deal? Anyway, um, that was a dream sequence, I guess. Um, yes. And then that scene is over, so don't worry about it. Um, I'm not. <laughs> the Pope's not supposed to fuck, right? No, nope. no, Sorry. no. So you don't, no, check. that's... Okay, no. yeah. Neither are nuns, typically. No, yeah, I, I, I knew that, but like, I feel like if the Pope does it, it's like more of a gaff. <laughs> yeah, no, right? yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, the expectations are a little <laughs> higher on the Pope. If <laughs> you look in the sad box and you see that ghosts can't fuck people, then you cannot fuck anyone. <laughs> Yeah, because then you might you don't know if there are ghosts yeah. or not, but you're you're weighed down with that terrible knowledge. I mean, yeah, I mean listen. in American Horror Story, ghosts and people are like almost identical yeah. in the wrong situation. Yeah. So like, how would you know? I was gonna say, I was like, listen, people and ghosts are essentially the same thing in this universe. So who could say you wouldn't want to risk it if you had looked in the sad box and you knew that if you fucked a ghost, the the reincarnation of Satan would happen. Do you, you probably wouldn't fuck people either. 
Do you think if you got elected pope and then like opened the sad box and just started laughing, they'd be like, kill him. We need to elect a new one. We, he can't be pope. We were wrong. No, they'd be like, don't laugh. This is serious. Come on, Mr. Pope, sir. Come on. Well, the worst was like when that one guy like quit being pope and they're like, holy shit, this has never happened. You cannot quit being pope. You remember? And like, they're like, I think the world's going to end. And it's like, I think he just got tired. But yeah, that's so me coded. Just becoming is, the pope and then quitting. Like, no, no, but this is what sucks. Okay, I'm t- just real quick rant. When you go to church, right, and you're Roman Catholic, there's a thing where the priest goes, um, uh, "Lord be with you," and and you're supposed to say, "And also with you." This fucking and with your spirit, right? This fucking idiot becomes pope, <laughs> changes this thing to and with your spirit. So now everyone gets fucked up and then quits. Like it was like the biggest troll in the world. Like, just to, like, become Pope, change this thing that we've all done for years for no reason into another thing and screw it up and then give up the ghost, so to speak. Anyway, sorry. The, the Joker of Catholicism. That's how he'll be <laughs> that remembered. Ass. Oh, my I, God. I love this guy. That, that kicks ass. I think it's, is that Ratzinger? I, Ratzinger, I forget. Uh, uh, it is funny when you say it like that, I guess. But, <laughs> anyway. That is so funny. Um, is, you know uh, who we haven't heard from in a while, though, that I that? love with all of my heart? That's Sister Mary Eunice. I love oh, yeah. her. Yeah. Um, what is she doing? You may be wondering. Um, mm. She's in the woods. Um, mm-hmm. Why? Uh, good question. Uh, a sound that sounds a lot like the sonic ring noise plays. Um, and she's sneaking through the woods, I guess, on request of Dr. Arden. We've gotten no information that would lead us to believe that Mary Eunice even knows Dr. Arden at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and she's feeding something to something for him. She's got like some buckets of meat and she's feeding something. Just question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, and then as she's <sighs> taking the meat into the woods, Lana Winter shows up in the woods. Um, <laughs> smoking. Why is Lana? <laughs> yeah, just smoking. Yeah, just like, hey, <laughs> fancy seeing like, you here. <laughs> she's like... Mary Eunice is in like a nondescript part of the woods that's, I guess, somewhere near Briarcliff. How right. Lana Winters, A, got into Briarcliff because there's a security guard and like a pretty big like wall. Who knows? Um, and also uh, why she's there, like in that part. This- uh, who knows? This is the American horror story, spicy, I need a plot point to happen, so let's just do that kind of thing, you know? Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. the rest of, like, the sequence that involves Sarah Paulson's character, Lana Winters, mm-hmm. is 100% being carried by, we needed this character to end up X, and mm-hmm. we did not know how to get that character there. There was mm-hmm. a lot of ways they could have ended up where they end up in a much simpler way. Mm-hmm. Um But they choose to take the most confusing roundabout way to get her there. Um, So that's that startles Mary Eunice, obviously. Um, (laughs) And uh, then it cuts to Kit, who is in solitary confinement still, and he's having a really bad time. Um, Dr. Arden shows up and then sticks a massive hypodermic needle in his neck. Um, This is the second time this will happen to Kit in this episode. Um, yeah. he'll be fine. This man though. is just straight up. He's just straight up like jamming a turkey baster in him. He's yeah. like, you know, how someone will say like 20 cc's of something, yeah. you know, to like indicate how much medication this shit's like two liters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get it in, get it in there. Fill this man with a bottle of Coke. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> he'll be fine. Don't worry. He'll be perfectly like coherent in the next 20 minutes. Don't worry about yeah. it. Um, we start jumping around a whole lot. We're going back to the opening sequence. Um, we're back to Maroon 5's Adam Levine now. Um, remember them? The guy whose arm got <laughs> ripped off at like the midpoint? There's like no reason to be here, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no reason to be here. Nothing else gets established in this scene. Um, we're frankly, back with Teresa. Frankly, we could actually leave it there. We could be like, anyway, we go back there. And anyway, we're back in the next scene. Like, I'm not suggesting we do, but I'm saying this is so yeah. inconsequential that you could. It like, <laughs> It's like halfway through writing it, they're like, well, we need these people to also end up at a certain place. But we realize when we cut it off at the opening sequence that we would have to explain how they ended up where they end up without having done that so we have to remind the audience why they can't do we, something we paid for them let's use them yeah it's like yeah, literally, we got adam levine <laughs> yeah i think it's isn't it just like literally like hey um she's still being chased by that guy in the asylum 
She hasn't been chased yet. Uh, oh. He just lost his arm. Um, that's right. Okay. That's where it cuts off is, no pun intended, his arm gets ripped off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they make like a tourniquet out of a belt, I guess. I thought he was bleeding from his mouth, but it turns out he's just holding a belt in his mouth. Mm. Um, and then Teresa is like, hey, we got to get you to a hospital because you lost your arm. Um, yeah. And he's like, my phone is in the car. And I'm like, why the fuck would you leave your phone in the car while exploring a condemned sanatorium? Like, 100%. Like, even can't, if, what? You can take fuck. photos with that. Can't fuck with my phone, literally. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I can't I can't fuck with my phone. I can bring a giant-ass camera, though. Mm. Um, only one of these things. I don't have pockets. I do, but I'm not going to use them. That That's for the weak. Um, that's for cowards. That's the coward's <laughs> way out. Um, and then Teresa, like, runs to the front door, and it's been chained shut. Um, yeah, which is course. something that happens in like a bajillion horror movies. Um, right. And for some reason, her thought is not to go out of one of the hundreds of ground floor level windows that the sanitarium has. Right. Because it's, it's not to locked to- down. <laughs> right. No. And there are, we saw them, there are hundreds of ground floor windows that she could just pop open and hop out of. Yeah. Whoever allegedly chained the door shut definitely did not glue all the windows closed. Um, but she decides, lock the windows. I'm going to the body tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the body shoots. And the, this is the reason we got this scene because they wanted to do a cool transition mm-hmm. of Teresa running down the body shoot tunnel. And then it transitions to the same body shoot tunnel, but it's the 1960s and Mary yep. Eunice and Lana are there. Mm-hmm. Um, why are they there? You may be asking. Good fucking question um much also, like <laughs> uh, quick reminder that the whole reason we have body tunnels is because they um <clears throat> plagiarized a real place yep. am i yeah. misremembering no, okay, you're, correct. Correct. Right. you're right yep and the body tunnels were i believe if, if i'm remembering correctly i could be wrong because it's been a long time since i've seen that episode of ghost adventures i think the body tunnels in the real place were a because it was a tuberculosis ward and they wanted to keep the bodies away from like the general public for anybody who yeah. might not have been exposed to the infection and, and b also to like not freak people out because yeah. so many people were dying i think there's also so you know I, I had mentioned this too but my mom had worked in an asylum when she was the first like she was a nurse in the 60s actually and like mm-hmm. they actually did have tunnels like that too not for tuberculosis but it was like there's like a lot of patient transport stuff that you do yeah. because you don't want to like go through certain sections and things like that you know but it, yeah. at any rate yes they did it to absolutely uh do that but yeah anyway and they needed a tunnel but much like right. um the inexplicable tunnels in season six roanoke mm-hmm. um this one leads from the woods, I guess, to to the woods, because um, when they're running down it, it seems as though they are running from something, um, which was in the woods, because Mary Eunice is like barricading the doors behind them, um, which is odd because when we left them, they were not being chased by anything, um. And if they were being chased by something, like, the thing that they were allegedly being chased by is, like, super close to Briarcliff, if that's the case, uh, and just kind of roaming so, freely yeah. right by Briarcliff. <laughs> yep. My, th- my theory here is that, like, <clears throat> they thought, okay, Mary Eunice is supposed to be sneaking Lana in, right? Yeah. But there was, like no reason for mary to do that yeah so after the scene transition they're like whoever was writing the reasoning was like oh yeah they were running away from something that's why she let her in um and they just never got the memo of something should be chasing them (laughs) yeah yeah i think like there's like a vague notion which maybe it comes later that like lana's kind of blackmailing her too it's like i saw some you weren't supposed to be seen out here with like feeding these things for dr arden and i'm gonna tell oh god i'm uh, jessica lang's character that jude jude thank you i'm gonna tell jude that you were out here doing it she's like oh you can't do that okay okay well then let me in to talk to to see bloody face right uh, yeah you know. no that's that's how it culminates but at this point it, you're oh yeah it doesn't make right. sense why they're being chased you're right well, you're right chased. that's right that's right <laughs> yeah. sorry thank you like yes. that out of all the things, that part makes, like, kind yeah. of sense. Like, if she had just, like, straight up seen something and been like, I saw you were doing a naughty thing, right, then that yeah. would make so much sense. But, like, Mary Eunice is, like, acting like they are actively in peril yeah. and, like, 
is barricading the doors. And I'm That's like, right. okay, so that means whatever that is, is like, um, it just has free reign. It can move however it likes, um, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And also, um, will do harm to whoever it sees, <laughs> um, which is uh, concerning given that they're like right outside of Briarcliff and also Lana just meandered into that part of Briarcliff. Yeah. Uh, who could say whether or not that ever gets addressed? Who could say? <laughs> who could say? Um, and then uh, <laughs> that is when um, Lana kind of starts to blackmail Mary Unison and is like, I saw you doing a naughty no-no thing and it would sure be a shame if I told someone right. um, about it. Yeah, Uh, all the people who um, don't like me, right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, and I mean, Mary Eunice goes along with it because they need her to to get Lana into the building. Um, And we cut back to Dr. Arden, who has Kit strapped to a bed in an operating room. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just (laughs) is like, like, Kit is like barely like conscious. He's like fading in and out of consciousness. Um, because remember, he got like two liters of whatever pumped right into his neck. But don't worry, it's been like five minutes. He slept it off already. Um, he's just kind of groggy. He's a little bit groggy. Um, but meanwhile, in the meantime, Dr. Arden is talking mad shit about Sister Jude. Just like going off, talking so much shit about Sister Jude and how he wishes she would just leave him the fuck alone. Um, and then that's the end of that scene. And it goes back to Mary Eunice and Lana again. Shoot. Um Oh, yep, sorry. <laughs> Exposition uh, McGee, a.k.a. Mary Eunice, is like, hey, Lana, um, I will let you go inter- interview Bloody Face um, if you don't tell it uh, whoever you were going to tell about me feeding the thing in the woods. Um, and then the dude from before who we weren't sure if he was being racist or not, the kind of greaser guy, uh, chucks poop at them. Um, <sighs> kind of inexplicably. Uh, and Why? You may be asking, why did he do this? Because we needed Mary Eunice to leave the scene. Oh, I thought you um, were going to say because we haven't ripped off a movie in a while and <laughs> Silence of the Lambs is a little <laughs> too much. So close enough, you know, that's what I thought. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to get plenty in of fact, Silence of the Lambs as this y- goes on. So honestly, too, I was like, I was, I forget. I think I was on like a bike, like my exercise bike watching this on like my phone. I looked away for this part. And then when it happened, I was like, wait, did they solely rip off Silence of the Lambs? And then I was <laughs> like, oh, poop. Right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They throw poop specifically at Mary Eunice. And by right. they, I mean Spivey or whatever the fuck his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, And she cries because she has poop on her face, which uh, understandable. Yeah, I also know, would honestly, cry and yeah. run away if yeah. someone threw poop at me and it hit yeah. me. I'm sorry, face. I can't do this plot beat. I have to go. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's to get them separated. But yeah, <laughs> it uh, works. And um, but again, the only reason we had that scene was because we needed to establish that Lana was alone now in the men's ward. Um, and Lana, who is just still like meandering down the men's ward, um, <laughs> just like walks ten feet forward, <laughs> um, and sees a guard getting a BJ from <laughs> Shelly, <laughs> right? Yeah, with her head shaved. Yep. Um. So I guess he didn't hear all the commotion that was happening right down the hallway. All I the mean, men you know. yelling at them and the poop being thrown and whatnot. He was too busy getting his pee-pee touched, so right. he didn't give a shit. Um. But she catches him getting his pee-pee touched. Um. And she's like, "Sure, would be a shame if I were to tell question mark question mark question mark um about you getting your pee-pee touched." I guess nobody saw anything here, right? Um, and now the second character who works here is like, you're right, lady who doesn't work here. I am afraid of you and I am <laughs> just going to let you do whatever you want. I, um, could, I could also like buy Mary Eunice because she's not like the but, like I feel like like any of these characters could be like, you know, no, that didn't happen. Like the reporter you yeah. don't like is lying to you, you know, like, yeah. she has, oh, 100 percent. Like and and what is. What is Lana Winters going to do? Be like, oh, I broke in and I saw this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who's going to listen to you? You broke in. Like, yeah, we don't believe anything you're saying. You could absolutely have had the same thing (laughs) of like she encounters Shelly, but she doesn't get seen and she sneaks around it just Mm -hmm. to like kind of remind you. Like, yeah, Shelly, you know, Shelly is I think she's clinically she's diagnosed as a nymphomaniac. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Because right. Which I don't think. I don't even think that's a real diagnosis anymore. I think it's called like hyposexuality or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
but like they just really wanted to have a character that sucked a lot of dick uh, yeah. and they have that in Shelly. <laughs> yeah. Um, they didn't have a Moira this season. I was going to say, so. yeah, exactly. We need Moira too, Shelly, right, yeah. They needed someone who was going to give beeches on screen and Shelly was our closest thing to Moira that we could possibly uh, culminate here. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't worry. Uh, we're also about to get I know I know everyone is sitting here waiting with bated breath like Liz. And we're almost done with the first episode and no one's beat off yet. No one's no one's jerked terrifying. off this episode. Yeah, a terrifying proposition, an opening of a season with no one jacking off. Like what would we do? Don't even. Yeah, don't truly, even talk like that. Okay. Yeah, don't even pretend <laughs> like that's okay. We it, it's not the first episode of a season unless someone beats off. And I have incredible news. Sister Jude is about to meet one of my favorite characters this season. He's only in this scene. He's only in the show for three seconds. It's fine. Dude. Um, yeah. His name's Alfred. Uh, and Sister Jude is doing her rounds, I guess, in the men's ward. Um, and she she comes up to one of the cells and she's like, Alfred, you fucking... Cut that shit out, and he stop is. touching yourself. Stop, yeah. stop it, and like, knock it he's off. He's like self-flagellating his balls with his hand. Like it, it does not look like he is jerking off. It looks like he is trying to punch his penis You're off just, of his body, just mashing it. Yeah, he is wailing on it. He is absolutely yeah. going like to I, town. I wonder if he's in the asylum because he's like so bad at jerking off that they were like, well, no one would do that. This guy's out of his rocker. I can't even diagnose <laughs> this. Like, what the? Uh, no one would. Yeah, what kind of disease makes you jack off like that? What the oh fuck? You. <laughs> I have a note that says it's probably for the best that she like, stops him. Yeah. She legit like walks in and he's just like. <laughs> like absolutely just beating the shit out of himself oh my god the one oh my god the one patient dr ben Harmon is qualified for <laughs> hell yeah. yeah oh my gosh oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, no, crying. no, no! You gotta look out over something longingly and cry a little. Yeah, it works way better. Exactly. Oh my god, you've cured me. Oh my god, I'm crying. Um. Anyway. Whoa! What are you doing? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> we didn't even need this scene. Uh, what I was gonna say is he does it with like the the. Same type of like attitude as when you catch a cat or a dog chewing on plastic and you tell them, hey, what's in your mouth? And then they start chewing faster. That's <laughs> kind of the same energy between him and Sister Jude. Um, God bless him, though. I don't have much yeah, time left. Like, Alfred. wow, that's some that's some concentration. You know, like, it's like I, I'd be like, all right, you uh, win. I'm done, I guess. Thanks for nothing, Sister Jude. But yeah, he. Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. going to bed. Yeah, good night. Uh, Thanks, <laughs> fucking nuns. Thanks you for know. nothing. You're lucky uh, you're all hot, I guess. You know, which is. What, everyone knows this. Yeah. Everyone knows that nuns are hot. Yeah, um, I guess. We're back to Dr. Arden and Kit because they've cut up this one scene into like five mini scenes for some reason. Um, and now Kit's like kind of more awake and Dr. Arden's like walking around him, like giving his villain speech or whatever. And he's like, you have like so much evil in your brain, like just so much of it. And I mean, like physically, like you've got a lobe in your brain that is just got so much bad in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even it's like. Everyone else in this asylum combined has one fifth the evil you have up. Like he is talking about it as though it were a Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, no, he's like just straight up. Yeah, you have so much bad in your noggin, just like too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I don't know. To be fair, in the 1960s, that is probably how a lot of like. (laughs) A lot of people viewed like mental illness. They're probably like, "Yeah, you get like a bad thing in your brain, and you just take it out." Mm-hmm. Ta-da! Like, yeah, do some like, cocaine about will, it. Will electricity cure mental illness? Like, might as well try. You know, like shit yeah, like that. Was, yeah, it was... They were throwing yeah, stuff at the wall back then. Like, they were jamming well, ice picks up your nose. Like, they were doing whatever they could. I, mm. I was gonna say lobotomies are were like way more common than people like to remember. It yeah. was one of the most shameful periods of medicine's history. Yeah, <laughs> quite literally. The do you have ghosts in your blood? Do cocaine about it of the nineteen. 19- 
1800s. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's like, you've got so much evil in your noggin. I'm going to, I don't even remember what he was planning on doing, but he's yeah. like, I'm going to do surgery on you to, I guess, take some of it out. I have no idea. Um, and while he's doing the surgery on Kit, while he's awake, um, Kit remembers being probed by aliens, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Kit hates this, which is understandable. Sure, um, yeah. I wouldn't want to remember it either. Uh, and then Dr. Arden finds like a weird lump in Kit's neck. Right, yeah. And he goes, this is too hard to be a tumor. I'm like, I don't know that you can judge that by um, touching it once with your but finger from the outside. To be totally fair, Arden is a supremely bad doctor. <laughs> You know. That's so true. That if there's one thing that American Horror Story loves, it's a medical professional that's dog shit at their job mm-hmm. and jerking off in the I first episode. I feel so seen. <laughs> <laughs> really something for everybody in American Horror Story. <laughs> <sighs> um, and he cuts, he just straight up cuts it out of Kit's neck um, with kind of reckless abandon. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, a, I guess, a little like, microchip with legs or something. Yeah. Also, like... The little microchip with legs does the least good thing <laughs> to do if you're like technology being discovered. It doesn't like burrow deeper or like explode itself or something. Yeah, it like it cuts the skin off the top of it and it goes, uh oh, boys, we've been found. The jig's up and like grows <laughs> legs. Bird's gonna like, fly. Time to 23 scoop <laughs> and like scuttles out of the room. <laughs> Bye, little alien spider thing. See you later. Yep. And it's like really and bad no CGI. One, no one mentions it for the rest of the episode, despite the fact that I feel like that would now be the highlight of the series. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, no. This is like this is this would be like this would be Arden's like main like you know new plot focus, right? Like if this were That's like just the uh, evil leaving his brain. That's what evil looks like. Yeah. Oh, he's like. But if that's the case, then he would have dropped everything to go catch that little he's thing because he'd be like, "There it is, my goal." <laughs> the evil is going to get to another patient or something. Jeez, you know. Um, he's lazy and can't be bothered. Bad doctor. Yeah, no, it's true. He's got plants to take care of and like shoot with gamma rays or something. Yes. Um. Then it's the next day. Um. And Jude is <laughs> I love this once show. again. Yelling at Mary Eunice, our everyone's favorite little lady. Um, Mary Eunice, as always, is just sobbing, just weeping. Um, Jude starts the scene by calling her stupid. Mm. Um, And then Mary Eunice is like, I'm a little freak. Let me be a little freak. And then walks over to the closet where all the whips are and gets a bigger whip and is like harder daddy to Jude. Um, And (laughs) she's like, please beat my ass for being so dumb. And then we get to see... Mary Eunice's bare ass cheeks. Um, thanks, American Horror Story. Uh, and then Jude is like, well, now you've made it weird. I'm not going to do that now. Um, and then she's like, I will, however, beat the ever-loving shit out of you if I ever hear you call yourself stupid again. Um, which is very confusing for Mary Eunice, given that literally six seconds ago, this was brought on by her being called stupid by Jude. Mm-hmm. Um very uh, i feel like this was like a we like mary eunice made herself get gaslit here it was very weird it's a very weird scene but they really wanted us to see lily rob's ass i guess mm-hmm. um and we did <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> to us i guess we won um now we start our next plot um which is lana is chained to a bed somewhere in mm-hmm. briarcliff oh i forgot to mention back in the other scene where the little microchip runs away um we get like a two second scene of lana yeah. somewhere else in briarcliff getting grabbed by something yep. we don't really even know what she just gets like scooped yeah. um <laughs> it I, I guess it's left to us to figure out what it was that but, she gets scooped by or who i guess but now we can see that she has been scooped and indeed she is now what, what is it she's uh oh yeah she's just in like a bed right like she's yeah, like she's strapped, just in like a hospital bed in, yeah and like yeah that's right because like jude is here and uh what do you call it that's right yeah because she's like um uh, yeah, basically, it's like, oh, you're distressed. We're going to have to keep you here for observation, a.k.a. you've been snooping around and now you're screwed. And Lana's yeah. like, well, people are going to look for me. And Jude's like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, your uh, you know, girlfriend Wendy's not uh, family, you know, because you're not married because this is the 60s and we hate lesbians. 
And, yeah. um, right. And then we get this scene where Jude is at their house, like Lana and Wendy's, and like, Nice little house you got here, you know, um, be a shame if somebody were to, I guess, open the front door and tell everyone you were a lesbian um, because, you know, you'd lose your job as a school teacher. Unless, of course, you were to sign this waiver that says we're allowed to just keep your girlfriend forever for psychiatric evaluation, you know, and it's like this blackmail thing, right? Which like, OK, you know, I get it. It's not the worst plot thread, but also it's like, you know, you are a school teacher. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Like, I get it's her career and they'd have to move and everything. But like the like the, the alternative is like you're turning over your like girlfriend over to like some unknown fate. You know what I mean? Like to die. Yeah. To die. I mean, like that's the assumption is to die. Right. right? Yeah. Like that is that's the default here is you're leaving the person you love more than anyone else in this world to die it, so that you don't have to like move to a different yeah. city and like because <laughs> like, also it's the 60s this was back in the day where a scam artist could straight up just rip off a whole fucking town drive 20 miles down the road and then rip off that fucking town too and they wouldn't know yeah <laughs> like it's, and, yeah, uh, yeah that like, shit doesn't fly you could just go <laughs> you know it's like no matter what it's all just like this is a garbage deal wendy's taking like she's a bad person because like you know what even in the scenario of like you have to give up your dream of being a school teacher like you're letting someone die even if you don't love lana or whatever like you know what i mean it's like yeah i can sacrifice her you know what i mean like you're like little miniature griffith here just like but i get yeah. to be a yeah. school teacher like the, fuck off you yeah know? the trolley problem and one side is the death of your loved one and the other side is a minor inconvenience yeah. and you're like Ugh, death of a loved one it is. Yep. <laughs> Just pull the lever over. Like, also, this is, like, this is a very confusing sequence because, like, there's no indication. It's not like Lana walks around like, I'm gay. Like... There's no reason that Sister Jude would have just, like, known <laughs> that Lana was a lesbian. Yeah. So, like, for her to go to, like, her house and immediately walk in and be like, this is the house of a lesbian. <laughs> and see Wendy and be like, you're also a lesbian. Within, like, ten seconds <laughs> get- of stepping in the house. It seems like maybe Wendy... Uh, that ca- maybe more out than she knows. That Catholic um, because- gaydar, you know, he can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, if... If Jude was able to immediately, because, like, the, uh, she has a paper drafted up and everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, and it's only been, like, s- maybe six hours since Lana got, like, kidnapped. So, like, she went to that house assuming that Lana, A, had a spouse or a loved one at the home. Um, Would have been really awkward if Lana didn't have anybody, I guess. Um, or if it was just like a husband who worked yeah. at the steel mill nearby mm-hmm. and was like a <laughs> resolute church man. Yeah. yeah. If it literally the only way this works is if Jude knew she was a lesbian. <laughs> and there's no way that she would know Lana is a lesbian. There's because so- Lana has barely been in Briarcliff at all. The problem is Look, she's a woman who makes decisions in the sixties, and that means she gotta be gay. You know what? Like <laughs> this is just so sloppy writing all around. Because you could explain it if Lana were a little better known and when she's introduced, you'd be like, Yeah, we looked you up too. And I th- you know what I mean, there's a rumor or something, right? But they don't do that. She's just sort of surprised by it. So Jude is this lucky guesser. And you can also like just give Wendy, just a little more thing like my father's in the hospital and he'll die if I'm not there to take care of him, you know, in addition to stuff. So I have to make this terrible choice as opposed to like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you die just because I, I don't want to change jobs or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's this is all so sloppy that, you yeah, know. And then the other thing is that, like, when at the very beginning, when Jude first shows up, she's like, hey, Lana is in um, Briarcliff. We think she's um, fucked up and we're going to keep her there. Uh, Wendy's like, you can't do that. And then Jude explicitly says, like, well, you're not, like, her spouse or anything, and you're not her family, so you don't really get any say. And then this culminates with Jude being like, I need you to sign some paperwork because you are her legal um, voice. (laughs) You have a lot of say. And I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, one of these plot points, one of these things didn't need to be said. I'm not sure which one it was, but one of them... 
directly counteracts the other you one. Can, it's just like you can kind of see the pieces of like an okay plot point here, right? Where it's like she wants to blackmail Wendy to sign away Lana such that now she has like kind of a reason to keep Lana in there and no one will be looking for her for this nightmare horror scenario. And like they just can't get there. And I don't know why. It doesn't even seem that hard to get there, really. It, it's also because they keep like writing themselves into a corner because like we got the scene, the establishing scene of Wendy and Lana where like they were very clearly like very secretive about them being lesbians. Um which again completely blows out of the water that Jude would have any inclination also that they were lesbians. The, <laughs> the initial uh thing between Jude and Wendy is just hey, so you have no legal authority over Lana, right? Mhm. And she says, "Yes." And they go, "Great. We agree on this." Anyway, I need you to exercise your legal authority over Lana yeah. real quick. Yeah, it's just like, uh, you could if they would have. Yeah, they couldn't figure it out. It, they couldn't put it together. If you could have like a serious, but you could say like, can you? Would you say that she did something to you that she's a danger to herself or others? That kind of thing. And then you're just a random witness, you know. And but like that's what kills me. It's like this isn't an impossible problem to solve. And frankly, it's not even that hard. Like we just came up with it right now. Like we didn't talk about this before. You know, like we have alternatives and all that. But yeah, because that's the other thing is like not to just keep tearing apart this already bad plot point. But like Sister Jude's like, oh well, uh, the people would hate to find out that the school teacher who teaches their children is is gay. She says a slur, but um, right th- that she's gay. Um, but like. At that point, if you came, if Sister Jude came out publicly and was like, this random school teacher is gay, um, it would raise a lot of questions as to what motivation Sister Jude, who is completely unaffiliated with Wendy, had to A, interact with Wendy, and B, um, out her in any capacity, which would lead Wendy to be able to be like, um, yeah, she's outing me because she's holding my girlfriend hostage against her will. Like Jude has like literally no if no weight or authority here in what she's saying, but like she just kind of like mumbles a plan, like, if I'm gonna out you as a lesbian if you don't let us take your girlfriend. You know, and then yeah. Wendy's like, cool, great, let me sign that paperwork. Well, you know, it, it shouldn't happen. It doesn't make sense, but it happens. And then, like, she's got her form. So now Jude's, uh, you know, Lana's trapped in Briarcliff. And Jude's like, all right, well, gotcha. Time to make the rounds again. And um, she goes to this, yeah, she goes to this holding cell uh, at the end that she has, what is this? She has Mary Eunice steel keys for it. And um, that's right. And then Arthur's inside. I remember, yeah, because he's like, He's like scrubbing this this thing, right? And um uh like she's like, What what the hell is it? He's like, um there's like all claw marks and stuff. Oh yeah, you're right. You know, it's funny, I'm I'm reading your notes just to remember, and it's like, which means he was locked in there, which you're like, Oh yeah, I guess that doesn't make sense, does yeah, it? Yeah, like she <laughs> she gets keys that she did not have that she sent Mary Eunice on like a little side quest for right, to steal yeah. from the doctor. And then <laughs> she like takes it down a hallway to unlock a door, and when she gets there and unlocks it. Um, he's just in there cleaning it, which means that he was locked in there, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. And, um... He, yeah. yeah. Oh. What? Wait, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe, is it supposed to be, like... Okay, because he's keeping a secret in there is the whole trick. Because she's like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, there's, like, claw marks and shit yeah, in there. So, obviously, something weird was in there. And, oh, yeah. And like, so what happens is she's like, what the hell is this? And he goes, I guess ferrets came in. And she's like, ferrets, what a weird animal. And he's like, yes, sister, a very clever animal. And they have, like, this little tete-a-tete for no reason that, like, centers around ferrets. And it's like, yeah. And yeah. he's like, I snapped my ferret's neck because it was stinky or some shit. Like, he just randomly yeah. mentions that he murdered a ferret because it bit him or something. Mm, it's, and it's like, oh, cool story. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Arthur. I once had a ferret bite me on the tip of the penis. And after that. <laughs> I became a science man. Like, it's like, okay, <laughs> thanks, dude. Dr. Arden's monologues in general have been just useless so far. <laughs> like, they establish he's a mad scientist, which, like, I got from context clues before he was no, on screen. We have when to Jude tell was you. like, yeah. When Jude was like, I hate that we have a nasty mad scientist science man who's clearly hiding something on 
campus. And then they were like, let's spend four scenes establishing that there's a nasty mm-hmm. scientist man on campus. <laughs> the show's so yeah. bad. And they're like, we need to remind you that this is about science versus religion for some reason. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I forget that. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> and like, he's like, I'm cleaning because I need to make this into a storage space for myself. Um, and I feel like Sister Jude really lets the claw marks on the walls go yeah. a little too easy. Because so- they're not like claw marks of like a trapped person who would like to escape solitary confinement. They're like the claw marks of like, I don't know, Bigfoot maybe. Um, or a, a raptor. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of griffin. Some kind of mythological beast. Yeah. yeah. Um, They're not people scratch marks by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. And, and that's, uh, that's really all. That's, that's exactly where that plot thread is we don't he he doesn't mention the spider microchip we don't see what happens to kit he's just cleaning with antiseptic all over the walls which doesn't explain that either like why he's doing that why he's disinfecting the walls and you know what that you can't end uh season uh, season premiere on that so because it's television so you know what we're gonna end on is let's go back to that frame story where uh Teresa is getting chased, and we see her her uh, chaser, her pursuer, and it's it's bloody face. And I think he has a pretty good costume design, and uh, that's that. His costume's fine. Oh. <laughs> um, he has a really a stupid name, like though. A, with a yeah, bloody face is like truly just. He's got a bloody face. He's I got think, a face that's bloody, and it's um, not his. One of the things that, yeah, I do think the show has, like, pretty good, like, art design and things like that. There's yeah, a character and- in Metalocalypse named Murder Face, mm-hmm. and it's very much played for humor that his name is Murder <laughs> oh, Face. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, like, it's just extra brutal being hit by a bloody face nah, and being yeah. like, you should be afraid of this. Yeah. Like, I, no, I, I mean, on that. the very, 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 very off chance, we have some listeners who just are truly completely oblivious to all horror media, period. Um, in case this was not just the most painfully obvious thing in the world, they are ripping off Leatherface. Um, mm-hmm. from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre here. Yeah. Um, and also other characters, um, throughout history and also media who have worn other people's faces. Mm-hmm. Um, Scarface. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other, other <laughs> face-related villains. Two-Face, yeah. yeah, you know. Two-Face, uh-huh. yeah, these are all, yeah, no other face. such face-related. Yeah, Little-Face, um, Big-Face Jones <laughs> from uh, <laughs> you know, uh, media. Face-Face, yeah. yeah, just all yeah. them. Ghost-Face. Oh, that fucking guy. Right. He's such a problem. Yeah, so Bloody-Face is a bad name for a villain. Yeah, um, yeah it is. And yeah, he... So Bloody Face uh, just kind of accosts she, she, Teresa, he, he and she's Teresa. just like, okay, yep. I die. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like me when I fucking get you, and then he gets her. Um, and I guess Leo bleeds out on the ground somewhere. We left him without an arm. I guess the insinuation is that Bloody Bloody Face is the one that ripped his arm off. Yep. Um, which, from what we see, it's not like Leatherface, or he's like a big hulking brute or anything. Um, he's just a guy yeah. wearing someone else's face for the most part mm-hmm. uh real strong eats his wheaties uh strong enough to rip a man's love, femur in two i love when we're when we find out more about bloody face i just i, I, I just don't get mm-hmm. why hmm? why didn't they bring their cell phones in because yeah. horror <laughs> i mean There's at no least reason. horror movies usually are like oh i just don't have signal That's, but they're like no we we dead ass left them in the car it's 20, this came out in 2013 i think right did I get that right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, this is yes. like, this yeah. is like, you would be using your cell phone. Like, there's no, this oh, isn't like sure. the old days where it's like, yeah, there's no excuse. Like, even if it's like, I can only get horny if we're in actual <laughs> danger. Like, if it is a Teresa doing some like peril thing, you know, first of all, I get it. Second of all, like, you still would want to have the phone available, right? Like, you're going into an abandoned building. A floor might just collapse. There might be some <laughs> random piece of oh. rust that clips you, and then you got to worry about getting tetanus. It's a a yeah. bear. Yeah. Your car breaks down, I've you, this, you know? I've seen the Chernobyl Diaries. There could be a bear in there. You never there know. There could just be a fucking bear yeah. in there. Yeah. 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 But... Um, yeah. Well, no wonder that makes a lot more sense why Leo was so um, 
very, very adamant about them banging right then. If she can literally only bang um, in intense peril situations. Like, yeah. he's like, it's now yeah. or never. <laughs> this is my only chance. We're in an asylum. It's dangerous. The, the phones are in Look, the car. Honestly, if getting my arm ripped off is the cost, it's fine. But no, no, no. Don't run. No, don't run away. Don't run away. Let's finish first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> The, the window of opportunity is closing. That we're reaching the point where there's actual danger. We have to bang before we get to that point. <laughs> we, 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 we edged the peril line too close. <laughs> Our peril edging has turned into real peril. Oh, oh fuck. Uh, uh, I hate when that happens. Well, well, that's episode one of season two of American it. Horror Story. Um, you, the name of next yep. week's episode is Tricks and Treats. Woof. If you, what? If you thought Bloody yeah. Face was a bad name, we got ready for tricks and treats. Remember last season when there was a episode just explicit, explicitly no or uh, Halloween? Known as, no, 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 spooky little girl, and then there just um inexplicably wasn't a spooky little girl in that episode. Yeah. I, I think yeah. just thinking about that, no reason. Anyway, yeah, you'll yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, well, I look forward to all the tricks and treats that will definitely happen next time. <laughs> Me too. Oh God, this show. All right. Until next time. Until next time, gamers. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.